Welcome to the Climb Your Mountain podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Maurer, a certified personal trainer, high altitude mountaineer, and ultra runner. Each week, I show you how to train, eat, think, and live like a mountaineer so you can boost your chances of reaching the summit. My passion is to empower people of all ages and sizes to get outside and live lives of adventure. Remember, mountain climbing will never be easier than today. So let's dive into the show. You've been training for your mountain for four months, and today is your last training hike. You're thinking that this is your final test before the main event, and it turns into a total shit show. Your butt is totally burning on the hills, your pack is hurting your back, and a few hours in, you get terrible diarrhea and have to stop. Now you're convinced that all your training was for nothing, and you have no business climbing that mountain. Friends, if this is you, I'm here to talk you off the ledge. The truth is, bad training days happen to all of us, and you know what they mean? Honestly, not that much. So in today's episode, I'm going to show you how to manage your mind around bad training days and keep your eyes on the goal. Ready? Let's do this. Today's episode is brought to you by my course, Mountain Fit, Self-Coaching for Mountain Athletes. So congratulations, you've signed up for a mountaineering trip or a long distance trek. Now, how the French toast do you get in shape for it? You could hire a coach to help you, but the ones who actually understand our sport are so damn expensive. And even if you get a good one, no coach is ever going to understand your lifestyle, your schedule, and your body the way that you do. The truth is you will always be your own best coach. You just need to know what to do and when to do it. That's why I created Mountain Fit. This online masterclass is the roadmap you've been looking for to help you reach your fitness goals. In this course, I walk you step-by-step through everything you need to transform yourself into a diesel-powered hiking machine, even if you're starting from absolute zero. By the end, you'll know how to assess your fitness level, write a training plan that gets results, and choose the best exercises for your goals. And if you need a starting point, I've included 40 weeks, that's 40 weeks, of training plans you can adapt for your own season. So stop wasting thousands of dollars on Tracy, the big box gym trainer who has never hiked a day in her life. Learn how to train yourself with Mountain Fit. To check it out, just click the link in the show notes. Hope to see you in there. Hey friends, how you doing? I am honestly a little bit tired. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but yeah, if you've been following my Instagram, my life in general, it's been a crazy two weeks. I was back in Ohio for dealing with a family health issue. I actually drove back so that I could take my cats and then have my car. And I actually just drove back and arrived back yesterday. It's a 20 hour drive from Cleveland to Denver. And it's always so much fun. I always just enjoy like driving across the country, looking at all the places, but man, I am pretty tired now that I'm back here. And just um, all the emotional things that happened in the past two weeks uh, combined with changing time zones. I'm just going to do my best for you today here. So one good thing that did happen while I was home was I got my vaccine and I was very nervous about it. Actually, I had talked to so many people, particularly younger people that had had side effects. They felt tired. They felt fluey. They felt crappy. Some of them felt really bad. 
I actually did not feel have any side effects at all. The worst thing that happened was my arm got just a tiny bit sore where they put it in and not even as sore, I think, as a normal tetanus shot. So I got the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, the one-time vaccine. Supposedly that one is a little bit less reactive for some people. So yeah, if you're really like freaking out about the side effects, maybe something to think about. But yeah, so excited to see so many people getting vaccines. I've been helping some of my friends get appointments that have been having a hard time. I know appointments where here in Denver are extremely in demand. Like it's really hard to grab one. So one website that helped me that's also been helping some of my friends, it's called vaccinespotter.org. Definitely check it out, refresh it a lot, and it kind of shows you where the vaccines are. And then also, you know, what kind of vaccine it is, even if you want to get the Johnson and Johnson specifically. So you just have to go once, then you can see where that is. So definitely check it out. It's funny. (laughs) There will be probably people listening in the future that are like, what is this vaccine thing? What is this vaccine spotter? Like, what is the big deal? But it's such a big deal right now in 2021, right? So let's jump into our topic for today. We're going to talk about bad training days. I know that's not a very happy topic. But the truth is, we all have them. So let's talk about how to deal with them. And I think one reason bad training days are so hard is because we think something has gone wrong when a workout is bad, when a training hike is bad. We tend to get into this mindset that when we finally get it dialed in, when we finally figure out how to do fitness and training right, we won't have bad training days anymore. And I'm so sorry, I'm here to be the bearer of bad news and tell you that bad training days really are part of the deal. They never go away. They're always going to happen to you. So the good thing about that is when they happen, nothing has gone wrong. You can tell yourself, oh, this is exactly how it's supposed to be. I'm supposed to have bad training days. And when it happens to us, we can either kind of freak out and make it mean we can't climb the mountain, we can't do the thing, or we can use this experience to learn new ways to manage our mind. And the skills that we learn by doing this, they're going to help us in training, help us be better athletes. They're also going to help us in life because, damn, (laughs) we have bad training days, we have bad family days, we have bad bad parent days, we have bad work days, we all, all the things have bad days, right? So learning to manage your mind around your workouts could actually help you in other areas of life. So let's talk about some strategies for doing that. So the first one I'm going to tell you is let go of the story. So I'll give you a couple of examples here. When I was in Ohio, I actually got a text from one of my clients who's training from Mount Rainier, and she had gone on a backpacking trip, first time backpacking this season. Backpacking is really hard on your body, by the way. Have you guys noticed? Like, it is not natural to put like 40 pounds of shit on your back and just go like walk in the wilderness for like eight hours. (laughs) That is pretty demanding. And early in the season, it's pretty painful. So definitely was the experience for her. She texted early in the morning. She's like, wow, I'm just kind of crawling out of my tent. I'm, I'm so cold. I've been so uncomfortable all night. I'm also in pain. My hips hurt. Like, Ah, I just don't know if I can put on this pack and walk up Mount Rainier in a few months. It's a trip still a few months away. But what I wrote back to her, which is what I write back to many of my, my clients when they're having these experiences, is I really want you to just, you know, go on with your trip. I know this night was bad. I'm sorry it was bad, but I want you to let go of the stories. That's the important part, right? Just any stories that you're having about this, about 
Like, it doesn't mean I'm a bad athlete. Does it mean I can't climb the mountain? Does it mean I'm weak? Does it mean I'm doing it wrong? Just let it all go. Let this trip be what it's going to be. And then in a few days, we can talk, you can process, you can kind of figure out what you actually want to do about this, where you want to go from here. So the reason it's so important to not make crazy stories about the things that happened to you in training is that until you make a story, the bad day means nothing. It's just a day, right? It's like, well, I hurt my ankle. Well, I was cold. Well, my equipment didn't work out. Well, the weather was crappy. And it just is what it is, right? It doesn't mean a thing until we come in with our human brain that just loves to catastrophize, loves to make drama, and we start thinking thoughts like, this is the worst thing that could ever happen. This is scuttling like four months of training. Everything I just did was for nothing. Something must be wrong with me. My gear sucks. Like it's so expensive. Now I got to go buy more gear. And you know, can you see how this works, right? We just start going around and around in our own mind, like a washing machine and just making like simple facts, simple things into something big and crazy and sinister and evil and terrible. And the other thing we do is we make it mean something about us. We're like, I'm doing it wrong. I'm not strong. I'm not capable of climbing the mountain. And we make it mean things that it almost certainly doesn't mean. It's amazing how we do this. So it's so important just to really be able to calm down, (laughs) detach from the thoughts, just kind of looking at the facts, letting the facts be there, letting the story go, and just really let it be what it is without making so much drama. So another example of how to do this, I actually, when I got this text from my client, was up early because I was going to run a 25K in Ohio. This is the first time I've ever run a big trail race in Ohio, so I was pretty excited. And the race had two laps. They're about eight miles each. And the first lap, I was just like totally excited. I was running really fast. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm used to running in Denver and it's so flat here and it's so fun here and the air is so thick and juicy here. (laughs) And I'm running, running, running. And I look down at my watch and my heart rate is like through the stratosphere. I can't even feel it probably because I'm just not used to having so much oxygen. And my mind is just like, oh, I should probably slow down, but it feels so good. So long story short, made it through the first lap barely and was just exhausted. And I got to the through the first lap and I'm like making up so many stories. I'm like, wow, that was stupid. I'm like, I can't even run a race in Ohio. Like I'm so impatient. I'm such a bad ultra runner. And then it kind of got into, if I can't run the second lap like fast and like I think a person like an ultra runner, a person from Colorado should run it. I'm going to quit. Like, I'm just going to drop out right here and go home and not be out enjoying beautiful nature and having a chance to run in my home state because basically I'm just going to be a baby about it, right? So, you know, I kind of had a little talk with myself and I'm like, you know, none of those things are actually true. It is perfectly possible to even just like walk this second lap. It's only eight miles and just enjoy the nature, enjoy the people. A lot of other people are walking if you look around, even the people that started out running. Maybe you just need some food. And then like what it really came down to is, you know, I'm making this mean all these things that it doesn't mean. What if the point is just to be here today out in nature, sun on the face, just enjoying it. So I actually started walking, walked 
for a couple miles in the second lap. Ended up absolutely loving it. Ended up feeling better and running the end and ended up actually getting a pretty good time when I looked at my results. I was actually pretty happy. So just another example of how the story doesn't always serve us and letting go of it is so important. So second thing I want you to think about, bad days are never as bad as we think. This is true in training. This is true in life. I think sometimes we get so hung up on the way that we think it should be with our training, with our workouts, that we kind of just miss like the wonder of it all and like what we actually are achieving and just how beautiful that is. And I had an example of that this year. I was actually doing my final training run for a big ultra race and I was um, planning to run, I think, about 20 miles when I went out, and it just didn't go well, right? I I always feel like the final training hike or the final training run, by the way, is the one that totally tanks and goes to shit. I feel like this is an actual phenomenon. I don't know if you guys have this same experience. Like, the one that's supposed to be the most important, it feels like I never (laughs) finish for some reason or another. So in this case, it was a run. I started a little bit later than I planned. The day was a little bit hotter than I had planned. So I was kind of dying of heat a few hours in. And then I started to get a blister. I actually had on socks I had worn like a million times and in shoes I had worn a million times. And it just started giving me this huge blister on the bottom of my foot. And I'm like, well, this is stupid. This has never happened before. Like, why is this happening now? So all these things kind of started to weigh on me. And I'm like, you know, I feel terrible. I don't want to get a big, huge blister before my big race next week. I'm just going to call it. And I was at about 14 miles when I was planning to go 20. And of course, my being myself, I was just like, oh, this is terrible. This is such a bad time for this to happen. And this means I'm going to be so weak in the race coming up. And I don't know, I was just down in the parking lot packing my car and thinking all these disastrous thoughts, making stories, right? (laughs) Making stories that do not serve me. And the funny thing was right at that moment, a couple that I had seen on trail a couple of times walked by and they had been a very nice couple. I had like stopped to talk to them once. And, you know, they were like older folks that were just trying to be more active in retirement and were really excited about getting out and hiking more. And they walked by and they were like, how far did you run? And I'm like, oh, 14 miles. You know, it's just like so, like the worst thing in the world to me to only go 14. They freak out. They're like, oh my gosh, that's so awesome. If we could like run 14 miles, like life would be amazing. And like, we could do anything. We could climb Mount Everest. You're, you're so badass. And they're just like <laughs> so happy for me running these 14 miles. And I just started to laugh. I'm like, you know, what do you think about it? Like running 14 miles, it's amazing. (laughs) And the difference between 14, between 20, I mean, it just kind of made it fade a little to kind of look at it through their eyes and really think, you know, it's amazing. You know, I didn't do everything that I wanted to do, but 14, it's still definitely something. So just putting things in perspective like that, I think it makes a huge difference. 
I have a friend who she's like a great athlete. She loves to mountain bike. She cannot run. Like she would kill to run 14 miles. She has always like wished to be able to run like a marathon or a half marathon, but she can't even run a 5K because she just has a congenital condition with a cartilage in her knees where it will hurt her. And you think about all the people that maybe have like chronic disease or reasons that they can't do the thing. And yeah, like you start to realize like, wow, it is pretty amazing to be able to go out and do what little you can do on some days. So another thing you can try when you have a bad training day is framing training as a cumulative effort and not as one run. So I think this is the reason I sometimes struggle with the last training run, the hardest training run, the peak training run. It's because we put so much emphasis on it, right? Like this is the final test. This is the final event before the main event. And we make a story about it meaning like way more than it does. And in doing that, I think we sometimes ignore that to get to that point, to get to that final training hike, it probably took you like months of training, hundreds of hours on trail. And all of that still means something, even if the last one is a disaster. And it's interesting, in the ultra running world, at least, for a long time, they've always put a lot of emphasis on long runs. If you're a long distance runner, if you've run a marathon or a half marathon, you know that you almost always do a long run every week, right? Just to kind of prepare your mind, prepare your body. And there's some coaches that are kind of moving away from that. And what they're really banking on is, A, that long run has a big cost, right? It bangs under your body a lot. It takes a lot, and even more, it's hard to schedule. It takes a lot of time out of your day. A lot of people don't run marathons or ultra marathons because they don't have time for the long run. They just can't work that into their schedule with work and household stuff and the the gutters need the leaves cleaned out and the kids need to go to soccer practice, right? There's so much to do in any one day. So there is such a high cost to your lifestyle for doing that. And also, it may not really be that necessary when you think about training as the accumulation of all the hours and not one particular run that's a little bit longer than the others. And a good way to think of this is that If you go out for a training run, for a hike, even a long hike, one of your long workouts, and it doesn't go well, if you think about all the hours you spend training over that four-month training season, maybe it's six months, maybe yours is longer, that's everyone's a little different. If you totally tank that workout and it just you just get nothing out of it, it is still just a drop in the bucket. And I had an experience recently where I was on a training run. It was just like a one hour one, and I was out like running near at the trails near my house. And I actually had like horrible intestinal issues and was like, you know, went out for a couple of miles and then was like, oh shit literally, right? And then there's no like bathroom anywhere. And I'm kind of like looking at the houses as I'm walking by holding my stomach. I'm like, do you think they would ever figure it out or see me if I like pooped in their garbage can? <laughs> like all the things that go through your mind when you just like really, really badly have to take a shit and Like, you know, the other thing that was coming up was, ah, you know, I don't have time to replace this run. Like, what am I going to do? This was an important one for X, Y, and Z reason. And really, the way I kind of got through it was just thinking, like, this was an hour and a half. I run, like, 
probably 10 hours a week right now, probably like 40 hours a month, probably in a season. It's hundreds and hundreds of hours. Like, what does this one matter? Can I just like stop torturing myself and just focus on getting back to the bathroom so I can <laughs> feel better? <laughs> and oh my gosh, I felt so much better once I, like, like it was just glorious to go into that bathroom. And like, I, I hope this isn't getting weird. <laughs> But anyway, a good lesson for me on just focusing on the cumulative effect of all those hours over any one hour or any even one couple of hours. So there's some things you could do if you're having a bad training day. And I think a legit question too is when to worry. Like how many bad training days is too many? When should you start? Actually, like not making a story about how this is horrible, but think about how you can maybe change some things up to make your training go better for you. So two ways you can do this. And both of these depend on keeping a training journal, which I encourage everyone to do, whether you do that online with an app like Trading Peaks, like Strava, or just do it on paper or on a spreadsheet. Absolutely keep a journal, record all your workouts, record, you know, what you did. If you did mileage, if you did hills, if you did, you know, anything else you think might be interesting. But then the other important thing to do is to give each workout a grade. Like, how did you feel? So it's like a letter grade, like school. So A was, I just totally kicked ass. I feel like I could go even further. Like, it was a really good workout. Most of your workouts are going to be a B. Like, I finished it. It was, you know, good at times, a struggle at times, but it's done. And then you get down to like C, you know, I really struggled to finish. D, maybe it was just hard. I wondered if I wouldn't finish an F like I didn't finish at all. It was, you know, maybe did some of it, but stopped before the end. So yeah, give each workout a letter grade. And then what you're going to do is just watch the grades. If your grades are mostly B's and C's, you're probably in the right place. If they're mostly A's, you might want to make it a little harder. But what you want to look for is a couple days in a row that are a D and F or more than a few of those a week, those are going to happen, right? Like, but we don't, they shouldn't be a regular thing. If they are, it's time to maybe just go back to the drawing board, look at your strategy. Are you working too hard? Do you need a break? Do you need to shorten your cycle? Do you need to eat differently? Do you need to go at a different time of the day? I mean, it's just all a process of dialing it in for yourself, right? But if it, you're getting lots of D's and F's, definitely take another look at that. Another useful benchmark is, are you losing more than 10% of your training time per month? So if I had that one workout, so I work out probably about like 40 to 50 hours per month. And, you know, if I had that, like that one hour that I missed because I had to stop and walk back to the bathroom, like one out of 50, really not a big deal at all. That's like, what is that? Like 2%. But if that's happening on the regular, you know, once again, maybe need to go back to the drawing board, really see if I can change up my workout so that I can be more present, making more of my planned workout time. Another thing to think about too, if you're not making 90% is, are you working out too much? Because that can happen to you. Sometimes it's less is more and it totally makes sense to drop back your hours. It's easier on your mind to be more compliant than to be missing all the time, beating yourself up and wondering why. So you can make that happen for yourself just by right-sizing your workouts. So friends, I hope that's helpful. I feel like that was a lot of stories, maybe more poop than usual. <laughs> I don't know. If you guys don't like poop stories, you probably wouldn't still be with this podcast. I probably lost you long ago. So anyway, have a wonderful week and I will catch you here next week. Take care. 
Hey friend, if you're enjoying the pod, there are two simple and free ways you can show your support. First of all, please share this with a friend who might find it helpful. And second, please leave a review on iTunes. Your support means the world to me. Thanks so much for tuning in. 